Kirill Kaprizov versus Alex Ovechkin. What can we expect between the Wild and the Capitals when they square off? Plus, we look at how the Capitals can get back into the Metropolitan Division playoff chase. All that and more on today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Capitals your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, both shows are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Capitals, we catch up with both teams as we gear up for a uh, matchup that uh, could be maybe a potential preview later on. Uh, in the playoffs if both teams get to the Stanley Cup final. But uh, a fun matchup with some uh, exciting players on both sides of the puck. And so uh, we will talk about how Minnesota has done uh, since the trade deadline. We'll talk about uh, how the Capitals have been doing recently, plus many more items. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wilds, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with uh, well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams and now the captain of Locked on Wild. And I'm joined by the host of Locked on Capitals, Dan Holmey. Dan, thank you uh, for joining today. Uh, an exciting matchup between these teams, as always, because it pins Kirill Kaprizov against Alex Ovechkin. And what's better than that? Nothing really, and uh, Alex Ovechkin is just kind of looking to build on his goal record, so it should be an exciting game. I remember him getting a hat trick in Minnesota, so we're hoping hoping for something similar to that this time around. Uh, let's just start, since the Wild are the road team, uh, let's start with some uh, Wild-based questions. So if you have anything you'd like to ask uh, me to get a little more Minnesota perspective, hit me with it. Uh, I, I'm an open book. So, I mean, what... Do you think the moves the Wild made at the deadline, do you think they were enough? Um, I mean, are they in it? I mean, are they poised to make a run at the playoffs uh, with the acquisitions that they made? I mean, let's face it, they won the goalie lottery by getting Marc-Andre Fleury, who has two consecutive wins. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great about uh, what this team put together. And you know, we we went through that stretch before the trade deadline where the Wild were 2-8. and eight over a 10-game span, and things weren't looking great. The goaltending was not good. The defense didn't look good. And it just it seemed like it was too much for the offense to overcome every game they played. And so you're wondering at that point, you're like, is Bill Guerin going to do anything? Is he going to just stay put? Are, are they the Wild going to hope and kind of chance it that things get righted before the end of the season? And then he makes the moves. He gets Nick Delorier. He gets Jacob Middleton. And... Um, I'm going to be honest, the Tyson-Jost trade, um, sending Nico Sturm to the Avalanche, at that point I thought, oh, maybe uh, maybe the Wild are going to be in the seller category. But yeah. it flipped Delorier and Middleton, and then, of course, Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, not only had Bill Guerin saying, yeah, we're all in, it reinvigorated this lineup. This This team got a whole nice bunch of jump from uh, their general manager saying, hey, I'm going to get you guys some help 
so we can get back in this thing. And Middleton, Delorier have been fantastic since they uh, since they came in because they've they've brought a much needed level of physicality uh, that this team was sorely lacking against some of the other teams that they'll face in the playoffs. The St. Louis's, the Nashville's. It just it seemed like they were getting kind of pushed around uh, against those guys. And you bring in two very physical players. You address the goaltending, which has kind of it's it's done a couple of things. It's it's elevated um, from Capo Kakinen to Marc Andre Fleury. You've also put Cam Talbot on a little bit of a little bit of notice in that if he struggles. They can go right to Marc-Andre Fleury full-time and not miss a beat. And so his play has elevated as well. And now you've got a team with two dangerous goalies. You've got a team with way more physicality than they had to start the season. And it just it looks like a team, it looks like you know a, a boulder, a pretty heavy-set boulder is starting to roll downhill. And at this point, you look and you're like, well, what's, what's going to stop it? Maybe the Avs? Maybe somebody in the East, when if they get to the Stanley Cup final, that list is is shrinking of teams that can slow down what uh, Bill Guerin has built. And if you look at how well the Wild have played, I mean, the Colorado Avalanche are in first place, and there's not enough runway for the Wild to catch the Avalanche. But you had to be pretty happy at the trade deadline when you found out that they got Marc-Andre Fleury because the Capitals were also in the talk of picking up Marc-Andre Fleury. As it turns out, uh, he didn't really want to come to the Capitals. There was too much bad blood there with his history with the Penguins and the Golden Knights. And then when I heard the Wild, me being from Minnesota as well, I thought, what a great victory for the Minnesota Wild. And uh, I'm reading online that they're calling Talbot and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury the best tandem in the NHL. What are your thoughts on that? That's certainly high praise. Um, I it's it's tough because you see you see so many teams that have like the tried and true like number one goalie like Tampa Bay with Andre Vasilevsky, and so you've got a guy that's going to play a lion's share of the starts, and so you have a backup that can maybe play you know here and there. Uh, so having two guys that have been starters. You know, now that you think about it, maybe it isn't that crazy of a of a thing to say because they have two guys that can legitimately start for a handful of teams in the NHL. Um, it's the way they've played. Talbot has been fantastic. Um, he's won, I think, his last eight starts that he's made, and he he really looks like he's got his confidence back. And Mark Andre Fleury has brought some of that you know that flash, that swagger to the uh, the goalie position. He had. Um, one of his patented windmill saves against the Flyers just looked great. And so, yeah, I'm if if you've got if you're looking at a team that has two guys that can legitimately start, I would say that you definitely have to say that that's the best goalie tandem. And you got to go with that hot hand. Um, and it's Mark Andre Fleury as he has two consecutive wins. And uh, I think that things are just humming along for that Minnesota Wild team. As much as I'd like to say, I hope they don't play well. I got to, you know, kind of in the back of my mind, I'm kind of, if the Capitals don't do well, I'd be fine with the Minnesota Wild doing well, just because they are uh, for my home here. But uh, I'm a lifelong Capitals fan, so I'm always going to be pushing for them. But just great news. And uh, Dean Evason, your head coach, uh, he was a former assistant for the Washington Capitals, and he has some unconventional things that he likes to do, most namely pull the goalie earlier. Uh, some of the earliest 
times I've seen, like all of a sudden there's like 10 minutes left or eight minutes left and he's pulling the goal. I'm like, what are you doing? But when your team is facing such a big deficit, I think it's either then, or I mean, if it's either now or never, either you're going to get, you're going to win this game or you're not. What are your thoughts on Dean Evason and his coaching style? I, I love what Dean has brought to this team because he is not afraid to hold players accountable and to say, you know, we're going to do this a particular way. And if you don't buy into that, you're not going to play. I go back to the Zach Parisi situation in Vegas as the like prime example of Dean Evason saying that not one player is above what this team is trying to do. And for those that uh, are not familiar with what I'm referencing, Zach Parisi stayed on the ice past his shift in a game against the Golden Knights to try to help Marcus Foligno get a hat trick. Uh, the Wild ended up giving a goal on that shift and ended up losing that game um, in overtime, and Dean was not happy after the game. Zach Parisi ended up sitting the next game. He ended up being a healthy scratch the next day. And so you look at a player with the stature of Zach Parisi, who Dean Evason just said, I don't care who you are. If you do things that do not go with what we're trying to do as a team, you are going to pay the consequences for it. And I think that was a huge moment for him as a coach, kind of taking taking notice from the uh, the players in the locker room of like, hey, Dean's going to be a guy that, you know, if we play well, he's got our back. If not, he's going to make changes. And it's just, it's no coincidence that the team has had success under his watch. You know, I think the the empty net magic, as I call it, um, is just another example of him saying, I don't care if we're down 5-1 or if we're down 5-4. We are going to play to the whistle. And so if we need to do something to try to give us some more offensive chances, pulling a goalie with nine minutes to play in a game, we're going to do it. And, yeah. you know, you see I, – I see eye rolls from fans of other teams in like, come on. Like, the the game is clearly over. But then you have what happened against the Dallas Stars where it was – I think it was 6-1 to one or 6-2. to two, And the Wild pulled the goalie. And all of a sudden you look and it's 6-4. It's to four. Right. So it clearly works. And it just is – it's just more of an indication that Dean Evason is not willing to – throw in the towel anytime the Wild are playing. And also says that, you know, they don't view themselves as out of any game ever, no matter the score. And that's the way you got to be. Um, but I, th- I think that there's a lot of different coaches, and I have observed as much, that try to emulate what Dean Evason has done. They tried, Columbus tried doing it against the Capitals, and there was like 12 minutes left. And even everyone on TV is like, what is this guy doing? And Connor Sherry's like, thank you very much. I will score another goal. And uh, it blew up in his face. And I thought it was funny. They zoomed up the camera on the head coach's face. And he was just like, yeah, it was worth a shot. So, I mean, I mean, you, that's what you got to do sometimes. I mean, if it's going to be a sure loss, I mean, you got to go for it. Yeah. But uh, And then just looking at your guy's schedule, uh, your nine and five last I checked in March. Wild have won their last seven games in a row. It's just unbelievable. I think that if the Wild are going to make a move, this is the year to do it. This is for the team and all the players to buy in. Uh, it should be an interesting uh, end of the season here. Yeah, and I, I looked back even when the season was kind of getting underway in what is going to be a point this season for the Wild to make a move and get 
either get back into the playoff chase, depending on how things are going, or solidify their standings. And I pointed to this nine-game homestand that the Wild are finishing up. They have gone 7-1 and one on that nine-game homestand with a game to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So obviously took that to heart because they were listening to Lockdown Wild, but it's, it's just a team that I think senses that now is the time to play their best hockey and to continue to move up the leaderboard. They are third in the Western Conference right now, just two points behind the Calgary Flames with a game in hand. And it's it's time to put some distance between the likes of the St. Louis Blues, who they'll play a couple of times, the Dallas Stars, the Nashville Predators. Put some distance and start to focus more on the two teams in front of them as opposed to the teams that are a few points behind. What's the first round looking like for the uh, Minnesota Wild? Excuse me. Who are they as it stands right now? If the playoffs were going to start today, who would the Wild face? If the playoffs started today, it would be the St. Louis Blues, and the Wild would host that uh, that matchup. I'm not a super fan of that because the Blues over the last couple of seasons have had as much success as anybody has against the Wild because they're big. They're bulky, they're physical, and they just they wear you down. Now, this year, I think the thing that um, is going to be really interesting is, is yes, they have found some magic in Ville Husso um, as the goalie because Jordan Bennington was wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to kind of run him into the wall, though, by having him start as many games as he has? And if that goaltending is not as crisp as it's been for the Blues in years past, I think that's a perfect opportunity for the Wild to uh, to pounce on them. And you know it will be a physical series, no doubt, because they like to really ratchet up the physical game. Uh, the Washington Capitals, the last time they played the Blues, faced a very physical team, and it ended up being more than they could handle. And uh, that's what that's what the Capitals have to do, is they have to be ready for the Minnesota Wild team, because you know Dean Evason pushing the buttons, he's going to dial up a big physical game and you're going to have Tom Wilson and Ovechkin and uh, Mantha. They're going to be playing a physical game. And uh, I assume that the Minnesota wild will as well. Yeah, it, it should be a great matchup and we will, uh, we'll discuss it here uh, a little bit to finish off the show, but uh, we will flip things. And uh, I've got a couple of burning capitals questions that, uh, that I'll All be right. asking. So we will continue today's crossover episode of locked on wild and locked on capitals after this. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can get farm-fresh seasonal produce and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door each and every week. And it's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low-calorie and carb-conscious options. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. All of this at HelloFresh. 
April has begun, and we are not fooling. Built Bar is here to help you eat better and look better. And if you're looking for a little bit of a change of pace to your normal Built Bar routine, if you haven't tried Puffs, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamony churro, chocolate, uh, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all amazingly delicious. They are all going to be your new favorite. So head to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Continuing today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Capitals, Seth Topol joined by Dan Holmey of Locked on Capitals. Make sure that uh, once your first listen of the day is done for both of these shows to check out the Locked on NHL podcast to get the lowdown on all of your favorite NHL teams with all of your favorite Locked on NHL insiders. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Dan, let's talk some capitals. And first and foremost, we'll kind of piggyback off of your final question for me. I look in the Metropolitan Division. You got the Hurricanes, the Rangers, and the Penguins in the top three spots. And then the Capitals uh, are uh, six points behind the Penguins um, with the same number of games played. So the, uh, the they're within striking distance. What do the Capitals need to do down the stretch, the final like 15, 16 games of the season? What do they need to do in order to uh, to vault themselves either into a playoff spot or into a better footing in the playoff push? Well, by far, they need to leave Vitek Vanacek in net. Uh, so goaltending has been a bit of a bugaboo for that team this year. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, who was the goaltender that they lauded as the number one netminder in the Washington Capitals organization, has not really been that. But they're they're all in on Ilya Samsonov until he's just faltered so many times that they put Vitek Vanacek in there, who has emerged and is the number one netminder in the organization. So if they can keep him in the lineup, and playing a solid game, and if the Washington Capitals can stay healthy, because it's like every other team out there, they're battling injuries, they're battling COVID protocol. So if they can keep, like I say, Vitek Vanacek out there, and they can keep that top line of Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson, or maybe Backstrom in the middle there, and just keep everyone healthy and keep this forward progression, because, I mean, they lost the last game. It was a kind of a tough loss to the Hurricanes. But if they can keep progressing on what they did in the past weekend against the Devils and the Sabres, I know they're not two teams that, you know, are really doing that well. But if you can continue that momentum, I think they will do well in the playoffs. Let's talk a little Alex Ovechkin, who continues to continues to uh, score goals, which is is what he has done, you know, throughout uh, the entirety of his career. And I remember in the offseason, there were some that were wondering, you know, would he be able to keep up his his scoring pace to be able to really challenge Wayne Gretzky for the goals record? Obviously, 42 goals this year. He's he's definitely doing yeah. something right. Has has the chance of him catching Wayne Gretzky? Has, has that changed or if anything has has it seemed more likely with his his goal pace and his scoring this year that he could do that in a couple of seasons? 
I definitely think it's possible. Um, you could tell it weighed heavily on his mind for some time when he was trying to catch Yamir Yager. Uh, he would sometimes just, he would uh, go from his left circle there, his office, if you will, and he would try to slam home the puck like he always does. But uh, he was a bit snake bitten for a while until he finally got that goal. But now that he's passed that goal, I think that uh, he's kind of settled in now uh, and he has his eye set on uh, how and then uh, eventually Wayne Gretzky. I think it's possible. I think it's going to take a few years, but he's got a few years left on his contract. So I definitely think uh, it is possible. I wanted to ask as well, and uh, I'm just scanning to make sure that I, I don't speak out of turn here, but obviously um, former, well, Minnesotan TJ Oshie uh, has had a season in which he has battled several injuries. Uh, what's the latest on Oshie? Will he potentially play or is he, is he dealing with, um, where's, where is Oshie at as we gear up for this matchup? Um, Oshie should be back and he should be playing. Um, he is a guy that leaves it out on the ice all the time. And uh, he is a bit injury prone. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but I mean, he's willing to take on guys that are twice his size. It doesn't really matter uh, who he's playing. And he, I mean, he's just uh, the top athlete in every game he plays. Even in high school, he played football and excelled really well at that. So he's just a guy that's gifted, a gifted um, athlete. And I think that uh, the Capitals will be ready. And I think that uh, TJ Oshie should play uh, an integral part in that game. Uh, just looking at uh, some other things from a Washington Capitals perspective, obviously Tom Wilson um, leading the Capitals in penalty minutes. Um, Nick Delorier brought in to, uh, to kind of be the um, – the big brother for uh, a lot of this Minnesota Wild roster. Um, Delorier had his first fight with the Wild uh, against the Flyers. Um, what are the chances that those two end up at least exchanging pleasantries, do you think, during this game? I think it's definitely possible. <laughs> um, I know that that people like to kind of pigeonhole Tom Wilson as, as just this tough guy, and he is, make no mistake, but he's also a legitimate goal scorer. He's number three this year on the Washington Capitals in goals. I want to say it was 21 or 22 last I checked. And, uh, I mean, he does bring that physical game, but that's what the Capitals love about him. I mean, if there's someone that's, you know, chirping the goalie or uh, trying to take advantage of a rookie, Tom Wilson's going to step in and take care of him. The last game against Carolina, he got into a fight with Smith. Smith was like, hey, you want to go? You want to go? And everyone was saying – Tom Wilson, what are you doing? He just suffered a, a skull uh, fracture not Ooh. long ago. But, I mean, is Tom Wilson supposed to protect him from himself? I mean, he's a big boy. If you step up, you play with a bull, you get the horns, right? And uh, it should be an interesting game against the Wild, no doubt. Yeah, let's um, let's finish today's episode by taking a look at this matchup in particular, some of the areas that may influence the outcome special teams from a Minnesota Wild perspective. So we'll finish today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Capitals after this. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info from every game through March Madness to the championship game. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline.net has it. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find it all at BetOnline, where the game starts. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Capitals. Once again, make sure you're following both Locked on Wild and Locked on Capitals to get your lowdown on your favorite NHL teams. Both shows are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Dan, let's um, take a look at this matchup between the uh, the Wild and the Capitals. Wild playing on the road for the first time and ever. Uh, it's It's crazy that you can go... A, uh, a nine-game homestand and just get so comfortable playing at home. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you got to play some road games too. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that'll be interesting just to see how this wild team does readjusting to playing on the road. And, um, you know, obviously any home arena is, uh, is a difficult one to play in, and I would expect nothing less from, uh, from the Capitals. Definitely. And I, just, I was kind of taking a look at how the Capitals have fared against the Minnesota Wild and games played together 26. Their record is 11, 11 and 13 with two overtime wins at home or excuse me on the road. And at home, they're eight and five with two overtime wins, uh, one overtime win there. So I think that uh, it should be an interesting battle. It seems to go back and forth. And uh, every time I watch the Capitals play in Minnesota, uh, they seem to be pretty lucky, the Washington Capitals, that is. So it remains to be seen how that translates into playing uh, in Washington. But uh, like I say, it's going to be a physical game for sure. And if I recall, the uh, the first matchup that these two teams played this season um, was one of the few, In a, it was a stretch of games for the Wild in which it seemed like the other team was scoring, um, you know, it was scoring first pretty much every night. And uh, I believe the Capitals got out to an early lead and the Wild ended up uh, being able to tie it up and uh, send it to a shootout um, in which they, uh, they ended up coming away with a win. But, you know, very, uh, very intense game. And um, it, it just, it, it at the time was kind of the theme of that version of the Wild is whether the early, you know, energy from the opponent tie it up send it to OT or the shootout and uh, come away with the win. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes to the shootout as well. The Capitals as of late have, they've been going that way too. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov had that really cool goal where he skated in really slow and just uh, slammed it home. It's been all over the NHL network, but I agree. I just, the way the season has gone for both teams, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to overtime or the shootout. Um, it'll be a great game for sure. How are things with the Capitals from a special team standpoint? Power play, penalty kill. Um, I'll uh, I'll talk about how the Wilds have been going recently uh, one, uh, after the Capitals, but how, how have things been going on the PK and the, uh, the power play? Things have been going along pretty well for the Capitals. Uh, if Ovechkin's out there, uh, he does Alex Ovechkin hockey, which is from, like I say, the left circle, just slam the puck home. Um, it seems like it's so predictable and you think like other teams would be prepared for that. But when it's a slap shot at over a hundred miles an hour, sometimes it's really hard 
for a goalie to to anticipate it or even just try to stop it. So I think that uh, I think they're in a good position right now. And uh, I, going forward, I think they're going to do well in the playoffs. But as of right now, they're playing very well. I I'm in a very love hate relationship with the Wilds power play because they have scored. I think they've scored in a power play goal in three consecutive games, but they've been doing the thing where you just take the starting forward line and the starting defenseman and put them together. And you say, that's your, that's your first power play. And then you do the same thing with line two. And it, I, I don't like that per se, because it just, it seems like this team has struggled with even getting the puck into the zone on the, uh, on the power play. And I mean, they're, they're getting goals. So I guess you got to kind of keep going with it, but um it's it's weird with a team being as good at five on five as they've been that you could struggle as bad as they have with the power play at points. And from the penalty kill standpoint, they're just the wild have been way more aggressive over the last like week on the PK. They are attacking the zone entries for their opponents, which is leading to a lot of um, a lot of clears and uh, not a lot of shots from the opponent. They have given up a couple of power play goals themselves, and so the numbers overall don't look great. But, you know, it's it's fascinating how those special teams units can look great, not necessarily statistically be good, or the flip side, they don't look good at all, and yet they still find a way to get the job done. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how, how it's been playing out this year. Um, it's just about taking advantage of your chances. And, uh, so, I mean, if it doesn't, if you don't have to go to overtime, uh, that's preferred. But as far as like the, the power play and the penalty kill is concerned, um, the, as far as the Capitals are concerned, they've been doing really well but on that. But uh, just stay out of the penalty box and you can avoid a lot of those issues. Yeah, when, when the Wild were at their worst on the penalty kill, they had a game in which they did not commit a single penalty. And I'm like, just do that every time. Like, exactly. just, just do not go to the box and all the issues are fixed. Um, yep. Let's finish, Dan, by just going with what we th- how we think each team will win. So the Capitals will win if, and then give me a prediction on uh, what you think the score will be. So the Capitals will win if one Vitek Vanacek is the starting netminder. You got Tom Wilson on the on the top line. He brings that big physical presence as kind of a deterrent or a distraction away from Ovechkin or Kuznetsov, Backstrom, whatever the case may be. And uh, it just bringing that physical game, no doubt about it. If you can just, you know, finish your checks into the corner, you don't necessarily have to drop the gloves, but finish your checks, have a, a good back check out there. I think that the Capitals will be just fine, but you can't commit stupid penalties. Um, that's what Alan May uh, from NBC Sports Washington, former Capital, talked about, is it's not worth their time to fight these guys. And a lot of times it's just these newbies that want to kind of draw you into a fight so you can get into the penalty box. Just don't, don't take stupid penalties and just play a solid capitals game. I think the wild will win if they can avoid, they've been a notoriously slow starting team on the road. If they can avoid that, you don't want to dig yourself into like a two Oh hole on the road, especially at this point in the season, if they can avoid that, if we continue to see um, some brilliance from that Kaprizov line and playing Washington, I'm sure he'll want to put on a little show in front of uh, Ovechkin. So if that can continue, um, if the Wild continue to get the good goaltending, the great goaltending that they've had over the last um, this seven-game stretch, 
I think they'll put themselves in a really good spot to uh, come away in this game with a win. I'm thinking a one goal, like 3-2 again, I, I think would be probably my guess as to a score. But all in all, I think we're in for a fantastic matchup between these two. Yeah, I didn't finish that. I would say <clears throat> probably it's probably going to be pretty uh, a tight game. So maybe like like you were saying, three to two. I don't think it's going to get out of hand. You guys have Mark Andre Fleury in that, so that's going to bring back a lot of memories for him probably about facing the Capitals. And if Vitek Vanacek continues to play lights out hockey, I think it will be a tight game, three to two, four to three, something like that. I don't think you're going to see any barn burner blowout game by any means. No, this this is going to be a game between two good teams on uh, on offense and. Should be a good one, so uh, we'll uh, we'll hope that it is. And uh, you know, for fans of both teams, you can uh, listen to the opponents' podcast, either Locked On Wild or Locked On Capitals, for further intel heading into this matchup. And so, that's all we got for uh, this crossover episode. And uh, make sure that you are staying up to date with both shows. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow us on social media as well. Locked on Wild and Locked on Capitals are bringing you episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.